Okay, last week, Art talked to us about uh, crossing Jordan, and uh, as we have, have talked about, the whole thing of Joshua is occupying the land, the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob 400 years plus ago. You know, he says, I'm giving this to your, to your descendants forever. And because of disobedience, they wandered in the wilderness, all down in here. Uh, and then they finally got up here, around Mount Nebo, to a little place called Shittim, and they crossed Jordan. And last week we talked about the memorial stones that they took, and, and how the Lord led Joshua to do what he said he would do. So we pick up this morning in chapter 5 with verse 1. <clears throat> now it came about when all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, heard how the Lord had cried, dried up the waters of Jordan before the sons of Israel <clears throat> until they had crossed that their hearts melted and that there was no spirit in them any longer because of the sons of Israel. We talked about it when we talked about Rahab. When Rahab went up on the, up on the roof to talk to the two spies and it was a singular thing. She says, I know that the Lord has given you this land and the terror has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have well melted away before you. And we talked about the power of a testimony. I don't know how much time had, had passed here, it, it's conjecture on my part, when, <clears throat> when they said, get ready, we're going to cross Jordan. How much time was there? Or, how, and, or to what, or where we are today, but it wasn't long, maybe a month. But it was long enough for the word of mouth to get to everybody. And it says, we are in trouble. That's Bill's paraphrase. We're in trouble because God is with these people. And in the very first chapter of Joshua, he, he, he told them, he says, every place which the sole of your foot treads, I've given to you just as I spoke to Moses. So the Lord, so the Lord had, had told him, he says, it's yours. You've just got to go get it. You've got to go get it. And so <clears throat> in this particular situation, all these kings had melted before him. Now we talked about the people, the, the, the tribal leaders going through the camp and said, get ready, we're going to cross. Get ready, we're going we're gonna to do all this. And, and so when we pick up in, chapter, in verse 2 of chapter 5, we're changing focus from a physical get ready to a spiritual get ready. And we want to talk about that this, this morning 
a little bit about getting ready spiritually because even in our own life, there are battles we have to face that we need to get ready spiritually for. So when we started out here in chapter in verse 2, and I'll probably read uh, through verse th th 12, and then we'll come back and talk about it. Verse 2. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make for yourselves flint knives and circumcise again the sons of Israel the second time. So Joshua made himself flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gilbath. <clears throat> this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, died in the wilderness along the way after they came out of Egypt. For all the people who came out were circumcised. But all the people who were born in the wilderness along the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the sons of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, that is the men of war, who had came out of Egypt, perished because they did not listen to the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord has swore that he would not let them see the land which the Lord had swore to their fathers to give us a land flowing with milk and honey their children whom he raised up in their place Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them along the way now when they had finished circumcision all, all the nation, they remained in their place in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach from Egypt. From Egypt. So the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. While the sons of Israel camped in Gilgal and observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month on the plains of Jericho, on the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate some of the fruit of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. The manna ceased on that day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land, so that the sons of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate some of the yield of the land of Canaan during that year. <clears throat> There's three things there. There's a fourth we want to look at. Three things. Turn with me to Genesis 17. Genesis, the 17th chapter. <coughs> Circumcision. <coughs> Circumcision was God's idea. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Circumcision was God's idea. And he says, he says, I want you to do it. And this is where he told them he wanted them to do it. Genesis chapter 17. <clears throat> now, Abram was 99 years old. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will establish my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Abraham fell on his face. And God talked to him saying. 
As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You will be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of multiple nations. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you. Kings will come forth from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you throughout the generations for our everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants after you. I will give you and your descendants after you the land of your sojourners. So the land of Canaan for our everlasting possession, I will be their God. God said further to Abraham, Now as for you, you shall keep my covenant and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised, and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be in the sign, a sign of the covenant between me and you. Every male among you who is eight days old shall be circumcised throughout your generations. A servant who is born in your house or who is bought with money from any foreigner who is not of your descendants. A servant who is born in the house and bought with your money you shall uh, circumcise. Thus shall my covenant be in your flesh for everlasting covenant. But an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. <clears throat> All right, go back to Joshua. <clears throat> Look at verse 9. And Joshua said, uh, the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach from Egypt. Basically what happened when the people turned their back on God and they didn't, they didn't trust him to take them into Canaan. Remember, they were in the wilderness of Zin up here. It was an 11-day journey from here to, to Negev. 11-day. And they sent out these 12 tribes, uh, 12 spies. And they, for 40 days, they were in the land. And they went all the way up here to Dan. Way up here. All this. And they saw it. They saw how it was, the fruit, how beautiful it was. And they came back. Ten said, we can't do it. They're giants. <clears throat> Joshua and Caleb said, yes, they're, Joshua in the they're, they're giants in the land, but our God is able. And they took the majority report. And God said, you don't trust me? You've been grumbling about everything that happened along the way. And he says, <clears throat> he says, I'm going to let you wander until this whole fighting army from 20 years up, buried in the wilderness. And God basically during those 40 years pulled his hand away from the people. Now he was very much with Moses in the wanderings and Moses led them. But they were out of covenant. 
in this particular situation because they were not obedient. Turn to Genesis chapter 19. <clears throat> Real quick. <clears throat> when they came out of Egypt in, in Exodus chapter 19, and this is kind of one of those watershed things. Well, what did I say? Exodus. I'm sorry. Exodus chapter 19. <laughs> my brain doesn't work with my mouth sometimes. <laughs> okay. Exodus 19. Moses went up to God, verse 3, and the Lord called him from the mountain, and thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, tell the sons of Israel, you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought to you myself. Verse 5. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my own possession among all the people, for all the earth is mine. Verse 8 says, And the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So it wasn't long after this time when they said, we'll do it. When they says, we don't believe you are strong enough to go in and occupy the land. That covenant was broken. And Joshua said that the covenant had been renewed at that point. So the first thing of getting ready spiritually was to renew the covenant that God had with them. And he renewed it by telling Joshua, circumcise the whole nation. Circumcise the whole nation. And so the res this restored the covenant relationship, as God said in verse 9. Today I have rolled away the reproach from Egypt. And so the name of this place is Gilgal. Verse 10. While the sons of Israel counted Gilgal, they observed the Passover. <coughs> and when we were in Mark, we, had, we talked about the Passover. About <clears throat> when it was instituted, when they were coming out of Egypt. And, uh, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And uh, <clears throat> so they observed the Passover at this particular time, which was deliverance. They had been delivered. And so we have restoring the covenant, remembering the deliverance to get ready to go to, uh, to possess the promised land. Verse 11, on the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased on that day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land so that the sons of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate some of the yield of the land of Canaan during that year. All right, now, Jack, go to Exodus 16. Exodus 16. <clears throat> 
I hope I don't change my mind. <laughs> Exodus chapter 16. Look at verse 2 of Exodus 16. You're you there? Okay. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we have died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. When we sat by the pot of meat and we ate bread to, to be full, for you have brought us out to this wilderness to kill the whole of sin with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people will go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk by my instruction. On the sixth day they will prepare <clears throat> what they bring in will be twice as much as the day they gather. So Moses and Aaron said to the Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against him. What we are that you grumble against us. Verse 8. This will happen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and bread in full in the morning. For the Lord hears your grumbling, which you grumble against him. Verse 9. <clears throat> well, let's skip verse 9. Uh, go down to verse 13. So it came about at evening. The quail came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the layer of dew evaporated, behold, the surface of the wilderness was a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the sons of Israel saw it, they said to another, one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Look at verse 31 of the same chapter. The house of Israel named it Mount. It was like coriander seed, white, and its taste was, wait, was like wafers with honey. So, <clears throat> they grumbled. We don't have anything to eat. God says, okay, in the evening, I'll give you quail. Have you ever managed quail? <laughs> but anyway, I don't know how they caught them or how they did it, but they had all the quail they wanted to eat. And one time in Scripture they were grumbling, and God says, I'll give you so much quail it'll come out your ears, Bill's translation. <laughs> and he, they, he did. He gave it to them three feet deep. Quail. Quail. I probably told you this tale before that my grandfather uh, had, I have pictures of him shooting quail off horseback. You know what a number three wash tub is? <clears throat> and had two number three wash tubs full of quail. 
when I came along, there was not hardly any quail. And I so told Daddy Pope one time, I said, you killed them all. <laughs> but anyway, quail. Every evening they had quail. Every morning they had frost. And, and, and so, so, so God, God took care of what they had. Now they ate quail and, and frosted flakes for 40 years. For 40 years. Now, you eat big Thanksgiving dinner, first one thing and another, and you said, I don't know about you, but in our house, we look for some turnip greens and cornbread pretty quick after all that. Uh, Richie eating, but they ate quail. And, and now, so when they went there, they crossed Jordan, crossed Jordan. He said, I, don't, I want you to remember my covenant with you, the covenant through circumcision, that you're my people, you're unique to me. Then they had the Passover, remembering that the blood of the Lord, you know, redeemed them, brought them out. And that his very provision for 40 years was mine and quail. And there are other things that happened. Scripture tells us the women did not miscarry in 40 years. Did not miscarry. Their shoes didn't wear out in 40 years. There was all kind of miraculous things that happened in those 40 years. But when they crossed Jordan, occupied the land that Gilgal, he says things are fixing to change, and they ate of the fruit of the land at that point. Now, the fourth point in getting ready here, and it was for Joshua in particular, and for the and for the 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 nation uh, together. Verse, let me get back to let me get back to Joshua. Verse 13. And it, when it came about, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? Are you for us or against us? Verse 14. No, rather I indeed come now as captain of the Lord of hosts. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said, What has my Lord said to his servant? And the captains of the Lord's hosts said, Joshua, remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. It's a singular experience that Moses had at the burning bush. He said, Joshua, I mean, Moses, take off your sandals. The place where you're standing I don't know, but I'm sure that if it would have been Bill, even though the Lord had said, Joshua, I'll be with you and go with you everywhere you want to go, he's looking at Jericho. God told him to take Jericho, and he's a little apprehensive. 
I think that's a normal feeling for you. But God wanted to show Joshua that it wasn't his battle. It wasn't Joshua's battle. Who was the Lord's battle. The Lord would do it. And as we see in the next couple of chapters, the Lord did. But he came there, and I don't know if only Joshua saw this, this figure, but he came with his sword drawn, and he says, I'm the captain of the Lord's host. What can I do, Joshua said? He said, take off your feet, because where you are is very holy ground. God had given him the land. He said, I want you to go and possess it. Get ready to cross Jordan. We cross Jordan. We're getting ready to take the city of Jericho. And God said, there are four things I want you to remember. Number one, you're God's covenant people. It's a promise I made to Abraham years and years and years ago. And you keep my covenant. Later on we have when Paul is talking about who he was. And he starts out by saying, circumcise the eighth day from the tribe of Benjamin. That was the founding credentials that he said that he was a Jew. Circumcise the eighth day from the tribe of Benjamin. He says, keep my covenant. He says, don't ever forget, don't ever forget what I did when I brought you out of Egypt. When I see the blood, the Passover, you'd be faithful to do it, the Passover. Then he says, remember the blessings that I have given you. I brought you into the land of milk and honey. Now, he would have brought them in there 40 years before had they been obedient, but they weren't. And he gave them quail and manna to eat. And God blessed them in 40 years. And then he told Joshua, it's not your battle, son. It's not your battle. I'm going to go ahead of you. Turn to Romans chapter 8. We were in Romans <clears throat> a few months ago. Sometimes we kind of flippantly say, you know, the Lord's going to take care of me. Uh, it's the Lord, the Lord's in control. I understand what you're saying. But are you spiritually prepared to face what the Lord's got for you? Are you ready to receive this blessing? It's a, it's a relational thing. <clears throat> Chapter 8, verse 1 of Romans. Therefore, that's a tremendous word. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of the life in Christ 
who has set you free from the law of sin and death. Okay. Salvation. We've gone through this, but let's do it again. Once we come to our need of sin, once we say, I can't do it, but the Lord on Calvary's cross shed His blood for my sin, and all I have to do is believe and trust in His finished work. And when that happens, we're saved, and there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. We're saved, sealed. But there's a relationship that we need to be very jealous of. The Israelites were God's people. He says, you're mine. I love you. I'm going to be with you. But you broke covenant because of your disobedience. And sometimes we're saved, but we miss what God's got for us because of our disobedience. Let's continue reading in Romans chapter 8, verse 3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Do not walk in the flesh, but according to the flesh. For those who are, excuse me, for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the flesh, uh, of the Spirit. Verse 6. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile for God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. Verse 8. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So our preparation for battle. Our preparation to take the promised land. Our preparation for God's very best is for us to be ready. Salvation, we understand. It's a, it's a one-time thing, the act of receiving Jesus. But growing in Him and being ready, it's an everyday, everyday thing. Everyday thing. <clears throat> My daddy in the faith, <clears throat> and when I came to get right with the Lord in college, he said this little thing uh, many, many times. He said, I'm prayed up, paid up, and ready to go up. And <clears throat> I, we've talked about before uh, <clears throat> that at night when your head hits the pillow, you know, Lord, 
give me a good night's rest and forgive me for what I've done with that. And if you certainly ask that prayer, believe it. And ask him, bring to my, my mind the things I need to confess. He will. He will bring to your mind the things that you need to confess. And if you confess them and ask the Lord to forgive you, you don't have to worry about that anymore. The Lord's removed that as far as the east is from the west, but the devil is a, is a crafty guy. He'll, he'll come back and he said, Bill, you remember? You remember? And what you have to say is, Devil, that's the of the Lord. Give me grace for the day. So as the people were going into the promised land, <clears throat> they had a big thing before them. They were going to look at capturing the land. And he, he told Joshua, he says, you've got to get them ready to do that. You've got to restore the covenant. Passover deliverance. Fruit of the land blessing. And the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for everything. We thank you for the scripture that we can hold it in our hands and we can believe it. In all of life, it's the only thing that's true. Father, we thank you. As we leave this place and we go to service, we ask that you bless us. Give us ears to hear and hearts to listen to what the pastor has to say. When we leave here today, we can say it's been good to be in God's house. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Next week, chapter 6.